Hey guys, welcome back to the TK or sorry, MBF and TK Performance Talk. Uh, I'm Matt Calderoni. I've got Thomas Kiriakou here. Again, we're kind of going on this mobile type because I know Thomas is running around a lot. I'm running around a lot. Um, it's that time of the season, so we will be back with more, I guess, live shooting, if you will, in session um, video. But for now, probably for about the next month, we're going to have to go audio. Thomas, how's it going, man? It's going well. Everyone, uh, all the athletes are doing great. They're consistent in the gym with me. They're working hard and they're hungry. They're yeah. hungry to get camp started, right? Yeah, and that's a thing. It's like, you know what? <clears throat> We're almost at that point, at least that I find in the off season, where kids are getting hype, if you will, or just right around that excitement phase of, okay, season's here. I've done what I've got to do. It's a good type of cabin fever, if you will, that they're getting where they kind of want to just break out and do what they've got to do. So we're starting to see a lot of great trends now. You know, this is where for me personally, it gets exciting um, just to watch players because, you know, they come out hot. And like we said, they, last week, um, they all want to have that hot start. So it's a matter of it. But Thomas, um, you, we were talking about before this, what were you thinking, I guess, where we want to take this topic this week, this, this talk, if you will? Well, I wanted to talk about and really share with uh, all our listeners about staying hungry throughout the season. And just like we yeah. touched upon last week and what you just said now is, yes, everybody is working out, they're training, they're eating healthy, they're on the ice during the summer. And yes, come training camp, uh, the first couple of weeks or first month or so of the season, we're all in this huge high. Okay, hockey's back. You know, yeah. parents are excited, kids are excited, being around the dress room, the boys, locker room. It's just, there's this excitement where, you know what, let's swan dive right into the season. Let's get going. Yeah. Now, once you start playing quite a few games, you get into your 10th, 11th, 12th yeah. game, then you already, already might have played one or two tournaments. You already played the early bird. You might have a tournament coming up. And Keeping that, I guess, in quotes, I guess, motivation, if you will, or being hungry during the season and keeping that high consistent, yep. it's, it's tough. And that's what I want to talk about with everybody today because it's you notice a big drop-off come, I guess, October, late October, November, December, especially with the holidays. And, mm -hmm. you know, kids nowadays, like, you don't have time to drop off. You need two points consistently. You need these games. So yeah. it's – that's what I want to talk about with you, Matt. Yeah, and no, you know what? It's, it's good that you say that too because the thing is, right now, at, like, like I was saying before, everyone is on that high and expect it to be there um, for at least a month, right? Yeah. You've got everything's there. You, you know, some of these players want to come in with a perfect start, and personally, that's great. Um, I have no problem seeing that as long as it doesn't take over your mindset, if you will. Um, but at the same time, games are going to be intense. Games are going to be tough. Everyone's going to be going hard. And everyone's going to be trying to find that extra edge, and everyone's motivation levels are skyrocketing. Yeah. You know. Parents are hype even from, from a parental side. They're just hyped to go to the games. Like yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah sure. absolutely. Sure. Like it's even, I, I mean, for some of our listeners that are in the States, I don't know how it goes there, but I know in Canada, game day, doesn't matter if you're a kid as young as eight years old, game day is a, is a culture here. 
house league to rep game day as a culture. You get to the rink, you get your coffee, tea, or hot chocolate, and then you get your fries, possibly with some gravy, and then you get started. But it is a culture. Grandma and grandpa come. You know, your brother, if you have a younger brother or older brother or younger sister or older sister, usually their game is either before yours or after. Um, so it's a whole day at the rink. Like, I remember when my brother and I played, it was easily a six-hour day at the rink. Easily. I would play, hop off the ice, go watch my brother play. And he would be watching me before, go to get changed halfway through my game. And, by, you know, and everyone was there. So it's a ritual. So naturally... With that environment being high, I mean, you got to picture this now. Usually, most families are like that. Um, everyone is hyped for for the season, so naturally, yeah. the motivation is just high. Where we want to cover it, though, is how to get not past that high per se, but how to keep it going, right? Because Thomas, you coach AAA, yeah. so my question to you: Where do these guys usually fall off? I know we were saying around game ten, yes, but. I know some teams that go way past it. What are you starting to see more so from a coaching standpoint as well? Like where, where do the coaches start to fall off in motivation? Where do the players, is it the players who make the coaches fall off? Like, what do you think? To be honest, it's the players are on a high. I get it. They're, they're not in school during the summer, you know, and it's just constantly training on ice, the cottage training on ice, the cottage. Yeah. You might go into a camp all week. You might do a bunch of different activities, lacrosse, soccer, whatever it is. Yep. You're moving, you know, throughout that week at a, at a high pace and you go into the season and the games are a little later as kids get older, times start to shift. Yeah. I remember that. From, yeah. Right. Like your seven o'clock game in minor peewee might, jump up to peewee at let's say maybe eight o'clock now you might go for 90 minutes eight to nine thirty well yeah. got to factor in they're waking up earlier now because they have school school starts yeah. now yep. they have homework and now the season of the weather yeah it's yep. gonna get a little bit colder out now you know nobody's everyone gets you know a bit depressed i would say Yep. you got to put on that jacket boots this and that and it sucks you can't just walk out in shorts and a t-shirt anymore yeah, absolutely. So, having said that, it's what I find is, yes, all summer, guys are coming in, they're going hard. They're going in the gym, this and that. But during the year, and I, I think we've talked about this, Matt, where mm -hmm. you can't say it's the off-season anymore. Yeah. It's, it, it, it has to be all season long. Yeah. I get it. I, I understand that there's school. You have to wake up at 6 30, 7 o'clock. School starts 8 39. Okay, you finish off at 3 3 30. Absolutely. Okay? Yes, there's homework. But I know for a fact there are days off where there is no hockey. Yep. You should be going to the gym to maintain what you've gained all summer long. Because if you don't, you start slacking off, you know, maybe your diet changes, you start eating like crap and you start becoming a bit lazy. You know, I understand you have to get to bed early because there's school the next day. I understand that. And it's tough for parents to do it because they're, they're working. I yep. understand. But if you can give one or two days out of the week to train and get back into that momentum you had throughout all summer, it, it, it costs you. It really does. Absolutely. And I don't think athletes really realize how quick that takes over. 
like super quick. That's it's a super thing. fast. Super that's fast. a thing because you know what? Even for me, like being from a strength and conditioning background, I know it takes two weeks to detrain your muscles. Okay. I don't think athletes realize a rapid change in the intensity of how often they're working and how hard they're working, how much it really affects their muscles and, you know, the way their body feels and the ability to recover and this and that. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, and it's crazy quick. And that's when a lot of these athletes find themselves in a quicksand situation where it's like, yeah. oh, shoot, you know, three and a half weeks ago, I was recovering in the gym like every other day. I was fine. Now, all of a sudden, what's going on? And that's where we see the snowball effect of this happens, that happens, this happens, that happens. And I say this all the time, but it's not so much athletes need to question the process behind it. They need to question the purpose. Are you actually focused? Are you actually going into training with a purpose? And that for me personally is one way to keep your motivation high. It's to always have a purpose every single practice. Because the thing is, realistically, the game's changed since, you know, well, at least going about being a pro has changed a little bit um, since, you know, you've done your thing there, Thomas. Because, I mean, now I'm seeing more and more it's getting very widely accepted to go that college route and then step back in and play pro. Absolutely. The NHL, the NHL is yep. taking more guys from the college ranks now. Yes, absolutely. And naturally that just means that now you have two things to worry about. You have school, sorry, three, you have school, sorry, four school, so, uh, hockey, um, yourself and your social life. Yeah. And naturally there's a lot more burden put on you. Whereas before, I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of kids could before get away with completely pushing school to the side and you've seen the kids like that and yeah. just doing hockey it's not like that anymore no and you know what uh sorry to interrupt you but yep you when you go that ncaa route and i played cis so i understand it it's mm-hmm. you are a student athlete yeah student comes first and if you don't maintain that let's say uh, 75 average in your school you don't play hockey. Yeah. You don't play on that team. Yeah. The coach will suspend you because at the end of the day, student athlete, not hockey first. Yeah. So I get it. These kids in the NCAA, they're older. I understand. But for the young kids, for the minor, minor hockey players that want to play pro that thinking, you know, McDavid just signed a, a hundred million dollar contract. Well, he was putting in the work. Yes, he's very talented. Yep. But he was, I, I know for a fact, he was at, he lives in Newmarket. He was on the ice early mornings and after school. He was doing stuff. Yeah. You cannot, nowadays, you cannot give an excuse that there's homework, there's school, there's this, there's that, because everybody else is in the same boat and other kids are doing it. And that's the thing. It's like, it, and not to harp on any athletes because I was one before and I get it. Like, Hey, it can become very, very overwhelming, but at the same it time, is. you know what? That's the commitment again that we talked about to all of this. Yeah. You know, what's about to go down. You know, it's about to be the busiest time of your entire career right now in school. Like I, Hey, me personally, I knew that the summer was and quote lighter for us. Um, 
but I mean, like I, I knew that to a fact that if you will, my preseason is the idea that I've actually got to step away very briefly because I know how busy it's about to get that second week of August for us where everyone comes back and all the programs start. It's the same thing with hockey. And I mean, for me as a soccer player, that's, that's a skill I took from playing soccer before was taking it back so you can turn it up more. Hockey players have to do the same thing. Every athlete has to, you guys have to be aware enough that you're in charge of your school. You are, you are committing to school as well. You're committing to hockey. And I mean, at the same time, coming back to the purpose behind a session and what you want to get done and keeping motivation. Another big motivation guys is that hockey should be straight up an escape for you. It should be something you look forward to to say, look, I'm going to work my butt off for school right now, but then I'm going to also take a bit of a break and go do hockey. Or similarly, I'm going to take a break from hockey and do school Yeah, <laughs> because it's yeah. overwhelming, you know? So coming from that, Thomas, what are you seeing? I guess when that motivational point hits that the drop off comes, comes down and you're at that threshold, how quickly do you see this motivation drop? It, it drops fairly fast. And, and what are you seeing in it? Sorry. What are you seeing? Like, what are players doing? Players become lazy. You know, they're not on top of their game. And you start to get into a bit of a slump if you're on the team and start to lose games and guys start complaining. And at the end of the day, as a coach or as a mentor to, for these athletes, you got to keep, keep them on, on pace, right? Yeah. You cannot have them slack. You cannot, you have to be in their ear all the yep. time. And, you have to be, you have to set goals with them. Are we making these goals each and every month or every couple of weeks? And I think that's the type of stuff that you can do as a team to, you know, keep that motivation on a high consistently. Yeah. Right. And, the, so, and I was going to say too, like, again, not to cut you off, but yeah. even coming from that part, it's like coaches have to understand now that the game's evolving, their coaching style has to evolve too with the player. Absolutely. And I don't mean just on ice. I mean who you are off ice. Coaches, for any coach that's tuning in of any kind, I'm going to tell you from personally dealing with kids and their mindset and their lifestyle and behind it, everything you guys say to them, they take it to heart. Yeah. Every little thing. It can be the way that you possibly – you know, get on their case for how they tape their stick and you make a joke about it, whatever it is, kids take that to heart and they listen. They sure do. Some of the stuff you guys say straight up can make an athlete. Some of it can completely break an athlete. Yeah. And you have to be very well aware that when you talk to these players at training camp or the start of the season, you have to bring your vocabulary a bit down to their level in terms of guys who I'm talking to, who I'm coaching, who I'm yelling at is the hockey player. I'm not yelling at, let's say Thomas Kiriaki, the person Yeah. I'm, I'm critiquing. I'm trying to pump up. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to guide Thomas Kiriaki, the hockey player. Yeah. You have to teach these kids that, you have to separate the two. Yeah. And that, even that, like it comes back to the whole alter ego point that I like to touch on a lot. It's like, guys, you've got to be able to withdraw yourself and become someone else when you're playing hockey. You do. Because if you think that, you know, you can let personal life and 
all that crossover, you're dead wrong because it's just going to add so much more stress to your game and something that you don't need to do. And then that's when I personally find players start taking it personal. Yeah. I was coaching a kid and uh, he wasn't on his, I guess, A game, if you call it, but Mm -hmm. he, he was worried about his test the next day during the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I started laughing. I'm like, don't worry about that right now. You're in the middle of a hockey game, right? It's just, yeah. it's stuff like that. Like we understand it. Like we, we were kids too. And absolutely, you know, we're, we're, we're coaches now, but we're not just trainers. We're not just mental coaches. We are mentors for these kids that, because we've been there, we yeah. understand what's going on in their head. We understand they might be bullied at school or they didn't eat right. Or there's a lot of homework. They didn't go to bed on time. We get it. Yeah. And it. that's, you know what guys that, Hey, unfortunately that's part of the game that is part of the game where if you're a high performance athlete like i even saw this with soccer it's you've got to realize you're you're committing to a high performance process i think that's the best way to put it to be honest with you if you're a high performance athlete you're 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 committing to a high performance process and what i mean honestly it's it's the simple idea that Practices are going to get longer. Practices are going to get tougher. Practices are going to demand more from you. They're going to get more um, frequent. They're going to be, you know, more demands placed on you. But that's part of the process you commit to. You have to understand that. And hey, yeah, there's going to be some nights at school and all this is tough to balance. But guess what? You can kind of give up a little bit of your social life in that sense. I'm not saying to give it up all because kids do have to be kids. Yeah. Okay. But... I am saying that you have to realize what you're about to get into and either you go two feet in or you don't go at all. Because first off, let's look at it from a commitment standpoint. Everyone that's on your team is trying to commit just as much as you are. Second of all, it's not cheap for the parents. (laughs) For sure. For sure. So this isn't like you're just going to pick up hockey every weekend. If you're going to triple A or you're going to double A, it's expensive. So at least give yourself the full commitment and, 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 and really enjoy it, you know, and, and that's where I think too, for motivation, like guys, you've really got to understand that your motivation is self-dependent. You can't be depending on a coach to give it to you every game or a dad to start yelling at you because then what I'm finding is that players are complaining about that and that coach is too hard on me and that this is going wrong and that's going wrong. And now I don't enjoy myself there. Well, guys, you've got to find your own reason why you want to be there. Right. Absolutely. And Thomas, what do you, I was going to say, what are you noticing about that? Well, first of all, it's not even like, yes, it's motivation, but you have to be hungry. Yeah. You can't just say you want it. You're going to do whatever it takes us in that. But at the end of the day, your actions is what counts. And coaches see that scouts see that GMs see that like, Everybody notices yeah. who, your, who your talkers are from your workers, right? And yep. you can't have that. You can't have that. And as a hockey player, everyone talks about making the NHL. Do you know how hard it is to make the NHL? Yep. 0.001% of players make the NHL. Yep. Because there are guys all over the world now, not just – the OMHA, the GTHL, you know, you go out to... Oakville, Even the States, USHL, the yeah. States, yeah, they're everywhere. And the biggest thing when 
you know, when athletes or parents come talk to me about, oh, which, you know, which team to be on this and that, I give an example of, well, if you were to, if I were to pull out a map of the world and I said, you show me where Slovenia is. I'm like, would you be able to show me where it is? Okay. Yeah. 95% of them say, no, I have no idea where it is. I'm like, okay. One player came out of there and he won two Stanley Cups and he probably makes just shy of $10 million a year, plays for the LA Kings, and he's the captain of the team. His name's Anze Kopitar. Yep. Do you think at the time when he's growing up, he's thinking, I better go play in the LMHA, the GTHL, Canada, US. It doesn't matter. If you're good, if you work hard, if you want it, and your options show that you want it, they, in quotes, the coaches, scouts, and GMs, and all those people on pro teams, they will find you. Yeah, that's what it is. And you know what? I mean, the thing is, is like most sports now, not just hockey, are turning into this, but most sports guys, they're very blue-collar. They're very blue-collar. Where if you work hard and you're a good person in your sport and you do good things, good things happen to you. Yeah. It just does. I can't, I can't say why or how or whatever. And some might attribute it to the universe and the natural push pull, whatever you want to do. That's great. But I'm do saying, you, do you believe in that? The law of attraction. Do you believe in that? I, absolutely. So do I. Absolutely. When you, know, you send out to the world, I do believe you attract. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, if you do that, it'll happen. It will. For sure. Not you for anything. You have to be patient. You have to be patient. That's the key. Yeah. And the, you know what, though? Like, even when it comes to motivation, Kopitar is a great example because you've got to think. Like, a lot, of, a lot of players, at least that I'm noticing now, are not complaining about a lot, but they're trying to run to other sources to get them noticed. When it's like, guys if you want to get noticed, you kind of got to put some things on your own back. Even if you're 14 years old, you do, you know, I mean, I know when I played soccer, I was in charge for the longest of times at the age of 15, starting to research the schools I wanted to go to and who the coach is. And is there going to be a turnover next year in coaching staff? And what's the future like? Like who do I got to reach out to? That was a lot on me. I, I sent out 135 emails to all a bunch of different FIFA certified Italian scouts and, and agents so that I could get my name noticed and it worked. I mean, I got two emails back and one of them helped me go, but you know what? Like that's the point of this whole motivational part. You've got to understand that a lot is on you in a good way, but it comes down to your mindset behind the process. It's a you lifestyle. Know. And you, you touched upon this, I think, last week, whereas we were, I think we were talking about, you know, playing competitive sports, mm-hmm. eating healthy, training, yep. you know, really just kind of leaving your social life yep. in, out there. It comes with the territory of being that rep hockey player, the rep football player, or any athlete in general. Yeah. Because athletes and regular people, regular kids, it's hard to relate to one another. And I, I remember growing up, I, I had a hard time with it because, you know, I have to go to bed early, have a game tomorrow. And, yeah. you know, I couldn't go to this function, this function, and they don't understand why, you know, showing up to the game an hour early. Well, why do you have to be there an hour early? Yeah. It's just 
you have to separate yourself and that's what i that's what i find the most it's it, it you said a bang on what you put in if you want to make in this sport it has to be a lifestyle and you cannot worry about the rest of it yeah and that's the thing it's like you know what i say to my guys here all the time too that i work with the whole part of being this competitor that I like to build the limitless competitor is what we call it. But the whole thing behind it is that you just embrace that you're different. I mean, we were talking about it last year, Thomas, in the off season as we were putting our stuff together, but we were saying like, you know, everyone's high and mighty until about what, October, November. Yep. Yeah. Right where the holidays come around. Yeah. And that's the hardest part. It is, but especially for guys like you were saying last year in minor hockey, and I personally didn't see it until I started working with a lot of these guys. But that homesickness for some of them, it's through the roof. And guys, yeah. that's, that's a normal, natural part of this process. It is. You're away. Some of you for the very first time ever. <laughs> yeah, you know, true. the thing is, though, you've got to see the long term. You've got to see the big picture in it. You know, think you think as simple as you want to think it. If you guys have that dream to go to the NHL, sometimes you're on the road for 14 days at a time. And I know you're not away from your family for the entire however many months or whatever. But I mean, just I can say it from traveling myself, but the idea that you're home one week and you're away another week and you're home one week and then you're away three days and then you're back home for day, that is even harder than just knowing you're going to be away. Yeah. Cause at least you can schedule things. So if it's that, that you're lacking in your motivation, what do you suggest for that part, Thomas? What do you think it is for for these guys? Like you were a hockey player. I mean, what did you do when it came down to that time that you found yourself lacking self-motivation? Cause everyone does. I hit you know. the ice. I went, I did something that I enjoy doing. Why am I here? If I'm, you know, living, I left home at 15, at 16 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get homesick, but I am here because I'm playing a sport I love. And not yeah. only that is I have 19 other guys doing the exact same thing as me. So you kind of form a nice little bond with them. And even back then when I played nowadays, you know, you have FaceTime now, you have everything to your disposal yeah. right at your phone. So it's, yeah, they're away, but you can still chat with them via Skype or whatever, FaceTime like that. Right? Well, that's a thing too. And to be honest with you guys, and Thomas, correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think enough players genuinely put value on that bond between teammates when it comes to this part. Like I get the whole hazing thing goes on still and it's a big, it's a big reality, but at the same time, guys, like looking at that part, you guys all know that there's one point in the season that you all feel unmotivated or homesick or whatever. Yep. You guys are responsible for one another to pick each other up and help them keep going. If you're hazing and razzing on your, on your teammate all the time, I'm telling you what it does for a mindset. Cause I've had to deal with these players. It breaks it right down. Big time. And it's you hard have to form. You have to form a, a close bond with everybody. And you know what? To this day, I still talk to guys that I played in auto with. I'm still good friends with Logan, mm -hmm. Jamie McGinn. Like these guys, I still talk to Right. Yep. And it's that bond that you have with everybody. If you can, if the dressing room of a team, if they're close and tight, 
you can put a winning team together. Yeah. They will, they will play for each other. They will play for the coach. They trust each other and they go further down the road. Yep. But if you have guys being selfish that want to take all the, you know, limelight, as you call it, then, and you're only there for just for yourself, then you're done. Yeah. You're done. And let's, let's be real for a sec, Thomas. Guys, when it comes to hazing, please don't be that idiot that thinks you can haze someone before you make a bond with them. Like, let's be real for a sec. The only way you're genuinely able to have fun with one another when you guys do dumb things, because, hey, that happens in any sport. There's inside jokes. There's this. There's that that goes on. Fine. In order for that to happen, though, and for everyone to be on the same page, there has to be some kind of bond. And personally, I'm putting it on the captains. Big time. Oh, yes. The captains, I like, I, I, here, here's the thing, and that it came to me about stealing the limelight. Captains, you guys have to realize something. How, how is it? Is it once one, cap, one head captain and two assistant, correct? Yeah. Some teams have three in minor hockey, but yes. Captains, you three or four people are the team motivators in any kind of situation. That's as easy as I can put it. You guys are responsible for getting everyone up when they're down, for bringing team bonds together, for bringing the outsider players together. You guys are responsible. It is not just cool to have a C on your jersey or an A on your jersey. You have a much bigger responsibility, especially as you get older, for your team. And you have a lot more to do now than just score goals if that's what you were great at and that's why you got picked when you were younger or assist or whatever it is. You genuinely have to be able to pick up a team. You do. And it has to be something that doesn't happen just once. It doesn't happen twice. It's all damn season. All season long. Your players have to feel comfortable enough to go to you before they even go to the coach. For sure. It's that simple. You know, so really quickly before we start wrapping this up, strategies from you, Thomas, for coaches who are looking to continuously motivate their players because you're a AAA coach. You're obviously, you know, picked that for a reason um, within a great organization and club. What are your tactics, if you will, when you start seeing your boys start starting to lose motivation? Well, uh, normally I would set up a meeting with all the players and we just kind of discuss how we can be better set maybe new goals you know first of all i'm going to be setting goals at training camp with my guys Mm -hmm. but also you know midterm goals as well are we meeting these goals right and can we change them what can we do differently just stuff like that and coaches you don't have to be bag skating the guys all the time that they lose and you know, just, I think that's a terrible tactic, personally. Sorry. It is. Because, it, no, it, it is. It is. I don't like it. You waste valuable ice time, whereas you can work on your systems, you know, work on your power play, your PK, whatever it is. Because mm-hmm. you're only on the ice for an hour or 90 minutes. Yeah. So, coaches, get back down to the basics. At the end of the day, these guys are kids. They're not adults. You're sitting there yelling at them, and you're going to make them do suicides, this and that. Sure. Okay, that's fine once in a while. but talk to them yep 
players want coaches that will have an, I guess, if you call it an open door policy. I was going to say very vulnerable. Yes. You have to be vulnerable, especially not just as a youth coach, but as any kind of coach. Like we do a lot of work when it comes to the mindset behind a good coach and, and, you know, what players are most receptive to and being vulnerable is the number one trait. Yeah. Like look at Mike Sullivan, what he did with uh, Sidney Crosby. Yep. Two years ago, they had that other guy, I don't know his name, the head coach there, but he gets, he gets fired and Crosby had what, 11 points leading into the first couple months of the season. And then that year, Mike Sullivan comes in, turns the whole team around. Crosby has a great year. They win the cup. And then again, back-to-back years, wins another cup. Mike Sullivan, yep. head coach. Yeah. And it's no secret. It's no secret. No. You might have all the talent in the world with the Crosbys, the Malkins. You know, you have a great team. Yep. But if you don't have a great coach, you're not going to produce. Yeah. And that's a thing, too. It's like, you know what? There does uh, – so – my personal tactic is this um, for coaches. I'll never tell a player to play for his coach. I won't because I think no player will ever play for coach. My personal um, take on this actually is the idea that no player actually plays for their team. Um, They actually play for themselves and their team benefits because if they're playing for themselves, they're doing their job. Okay. Personally, Coaches, you have to find that ability to make a player want to, uh, to play for you. That's a hard ability to have, and that all comes from connection. I see it a lot where coaches kind of walk in with a bit of an ego, and rightfully so. You guys have worked hard, even in the minor game. Okay, I'm not saying egos are great, but I am saying I know they're a part of performance, realistically. However, you have to be able to drop that ego enough for your players to want to play for you. It's, it's, it's just how it is. You can't be a coach who thinks they can walk in and demand everything. Like you can keep your expectations high, but you've got to show your players you're willing to fight for them so they can fight for you. That's how you do it. It's taking a minute and a half, you know, before each practice and literally just walking around to the guys asking them how their weekend went or what's going on in school or how's everything going. I, Hey, I knew a coach when, when my parents got divorced, um, my personal goalie coach, I was closer about talking to him with the divorce or about the divorce, sorry, than any of my friends or family members with the exception of my brother. And that was, that, that's the power that a coach has. And the only reason I was able to do that with him because he was vulnerable to me about his situation. And it wasn't like he told me any kind of deep, dark secrets. He just showed me he wouldn't judge me and that he could listen for me. And I knew that once that happened, there was a coach I was now fighting for. There were drills I didn't want to do, but I did them because I wanted to impress him now. And it was working. I wanted to impress myself, but I also had a coach there who I wanted to look good for. That was his secret. Every time before we trained. I would get there half hour early, start preparing, warming up. As I was getting ready, he would literally sit there with me and just ask how everything's going. And it's like, wow, this is, this is different than I've ever had before, as small as it is. Yeah, it goes a long way. Absolutely, and motivation stayed high. 
Um, but aside from that, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Um, you know, like we said, we're, we're going to try and get away from the audio part. It's just that right now it's a little bit busy. Um, but we're going to find time coming in the next couple months to get back to the video and put them on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So we'll pick up from there right where we left off. But guys, um, thanks so much for tuning in. If you have any questions, please, you can find our email in the, in the podcast description. You can find our social media, um, simple comments, even on the podcast for questions you guys have, we're taking them. We're going to answer them. Um, and we're going to, you know, bring in as many people as we can on the show. Right. So aside from that, guys, um, we're going to sign off here. Matt Calderoni, Thomas Kiriakou, uh, the mind, sorry, the MBF and TK performance talk. We'll see you all soon.